Hello friends and welcome to the brand spanking new Whippets and Flat Caps, the Rugby League podcast. I'm Will Perry. I'm John Wilkin. And I'm Mark Flanagan. And over the course of the season, we hope to bring you guys some unrivaled insight into the game and hopefully not send you to sleep by listening to too much of Mark Flanagan. Absolutely beautiful to look at, but in terms of what comes out of his mouth, very, very questionable. With the new season upon us, we're going to get looking ahead to that. We're also going to speak to Eddie Hearn. I'm sure you've seen his comments uh, about rugby league uh, being in the wrong hands. We'll speak to Eddie later on. Firstly, John Wilkin, whippets and flat caps. Pourquoi? Well, I think the sport of rugby league is confined by some really uh, strong identities that, that, that come from the north. And, and there's nothing more northern than whippets and flat caps. And I think if you get north of Birmingham, um, you know that that's maybe the perception of the industrial north. Now, if we could go all the way back to 1895 when the game split, um, the big factories of the north. I, I really actually think we're not that far off still being there. Um, the perception of our game is 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 is, is regional, and uh, the, the the title of this podcast is, is a little bit of fun, poking fun at that, and we'll try and maybe dispel some of those myths. But probably more importantly, we'll live up to them, <laughs> as uh, me and Mark are both. Uh, hugely regional and we don't have double barreled names and a pinky ring like you will well, which tells me a lot of things that you're not from the north that throws another dynamic into this podcast Mark, doesn't it, it does Mark, you often remind me that i'm a posh pompous little man yes yes uh i do you went to a, a very very same school as winston Churchill. Yep, yeah that was it harrow was don't it wanna, or... don't want to go on about it too much but um anyway the more i talk about that we're going to be losing a lot of listeners here yep. aren't we and yeah. Remember to keep this going. We need you to uh, subscribe. So let, let's let's talk about what you guys have been doing in the off season because I know you're very good mates. You, um, as Mark reminds everyone on a daily basis, own a coffee shop together, which we can talk about maybe once uh, more or twice. Both got married. Yes. Um, start with Mark's. Yes, wedding. I got yeah. married at the start of December in Barcelona. If, if um, there was what an a, idiot, I know. Um, mm. One good man down. Uh, we had a lovely. Stag doing in New York and, and again in Dublin and yeah it was a great time and then John copied uh, and, and got married <laughs> at the end of Jan. <laughs> uh, and had his stag do on on almost Christmas Eve, which was weird. <laughs> yeah, well. And I was actually chosen to be his best man and he was one of my groomsmen, so I think that says quite a bit about our relationship. Yeah. He he obviously owes me quite high esteem and well, on, uh-huh. on that he's, subject, he's okay. we'll, we'll, we can fast forward past jet skiing in the Hudson. Um, on Mark's it's, a, it's a highlight. It is. Well. Your, that was a highlight. Being yeah. sick down your back while we were doing donuts around the Statue of Liberty. But mm, yep. we Lovely can come back stuff. to that later. However, John, your best man wasn't at your wedding. Can no, you Mark, look, Mark was given the best man duties for for a number of reasons. One is, is is a safe pair of hands. Steady, um, very, it's, very steady. Very steady. Seven out of ten. Yeah, like his like his rugby. Yeah. He's, he's a safe pair of hands. Not not. Not world class, but but mm. what I knew he was going to do he was knew, deliver. He knew he was going to turn up. He was going to deliver, but but unfortunately he didn't. He he had a friendly game, big deal, big yeah. deal, friendly game. He'd already had about nine weeks off in the off season due to his wedding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for that one afternoon, uh, he couldn't he couldn't manage to didn't wangle that. Didn't fancy it. Um, but so you, you were okay with that. I, no, I was fine with it. Look, I, I'm, How did that conversation? Look, just replay that conversation. I'll, I'll hope that by time in the time that comes, people will realise me and Mark are very different. We get on very well, but we're very yeah. different. Mark's detailed, organised. I'm I'm a little bit more relaxed about things, and that's probably why actually we work well in business together. Mm. But as friends, um, you know that conversation was, I think, relatively so easy. Some I, might some might describe him as as the worst man. 
Yeah, it was the worst man. But it didn't spoil what was a fantastic day for it didn't. me. And, and, I, and I was there. I had the pleasure of being there. And Mark, you you haven't seen this. No, we're, I not, we're not just going to make make fun of you. You know, no. there's going to be plenty of time for that. But um, the noise that John made, and this is this is very you know this is sort of intimate, intimate information that I'm sure John doesn't want dissecting, divulging. However, um, the noise that John made when he got married. During well, the vows, is it? During this is during yeah. the vows. You weren't there. Um, which is yeah, really that's what I'm asking. Yeah. But the noise that, that John made was, was something like this. <clears throat> <laughs> I, think I think what you find that that noise was um, sinuses. There was a lot of flowers in the room. It was hair fever. Um, in all seriousness, mate, I, you, I mean, your dogs were at the wedding wearing waistcoats. Um, but <laughs> I, I, I actually that thought that, that your dog. That, that was blue making that noise. <laughs> Man, I'm an emotional guy. What can I say? I'm, I'm, I'm. You know, look. Let's let's get down to the nuts and bolts of it. Mm. If we're going to talk about macho northern men, mm. you know, who play rugby, beat each other up, and wrestle, and um, in, you know, in in a quite sensual way throughout the week. Look, I, I'm I'm in touch with my emotions. Very I'm more so. than happy to cry in front of other men. Yeah. And the way this is going so far, I feel like there might be a lot more tears. Even to come. though I, the, I was at the back of the room shouting, Perth. That's it. Yeah, Pull did. yourself together, man. Even yeah. the, the, the vicar, whatever I, um, she was called, it wasn't a religious one, but she was just like, okay, we're just going to let um, John get a grip of himself. And Fran was um, Fran Housel, Olympic swimmer. You're she was a, she, she uh, showed me up. She was a, she was, uh, a rock. In fact, she, she grabbed looked, your shoulder saying, you can do this. She John. picked me up. She, she power cleaned me and threw me out of the room. Mm. That's what she did. Uh, before we do get started, one thing that has been happening in the off-season, Mark, um, and listen, the more you talk about this, the more help you, you might get. Mark is um, looking into treatment for getting progressively balder, basically, over, over the last sort of 18 months. Um, and sure. listen, if you are sure. listening, there's nothing wrong with mm. being bald. Um, th- this isn't, look, we're not attacking, you know, it's, if, if anything, you should embrace it. Yeah, you're supporting some, me, it's good. No, there's been some great people in, in the history of this planet who've, who've made a big impact uh, on Earth. Mini-me. Um, my old Le- schoolmate Winston Churchill, Frank LeBeouf, Frank Steve Stone, Morby, um, <laughs> y- your dad Terry Flanagan, Terry rugby Flanagan. league royalty, the yeah. famous Flanagan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who else have we got? I mean, Zinedine Zidane, yeah, um, The Rock, Patrick Stewart, Phil and Grant Mitchell, Barry from EastEnders. Well, <laughs> uh, the Jay- thing what I will say this that Mark's got in his advantage, which which um, being challenged in the the follicle, follicle. area. Mm. Um, I think because he's so tall, people aren't aware of it. But but, but let's look out for this on on TV yeah. from the terraces. When Mark's hair gets wet, it's thinning, yeah. and and we can do all we want. But there's one thing I do know: Mark's doing all the things he can mm. to ensure that this baldness mm. does not take grip. Have you have you he's started? Got, to, I mean, you know, can Luke, I, can Luke can Gale, I speak the big talking. No, 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 no. Thickening shampoo, thickening shampoo. He's got an ultraviolet comb. Yeah. That he combs his hair with for ten that, minutes per that, day. That's a lie. Yeah. No, it's the thickening shampoo. I've I've tried. Okay. He's Re, got, has it worked? Not regain really, doesn't work. Does it? No. He's got. So a, if they want to sponsor the show, probably not the best idea because <laughs> yeah. regain doesn't work. It's a joke. <laughs> well, it, you know, my, uh, Luke Gale's had a, a hair transplant. He pays six thousand pounds for it. You've got yeah. more money than him. Why, why don't you just bite the bullet and? I'm going to see how Luke goes on. To be honest, I I'm going to have. Okay. I'm going to watch his progress throughout the season. Yeah, could be a, a regular could segment be on, like on, on the show. Yeah, but yeah, he's he's been wearing a scrum cap actually in the preseason friendlies. He's obviously really protective over those hairs he's had implanted. Yeah. So, look, he's, but, uh, it's, a, it's a massive list, you know, the Dalai Lama, um, <laughs> Brit- Britney Spears, <laughs> even any, tried, tried it out. Any bold uh, Chris Dal- Eubank. Dalsim off Street Chris, Fighter. Fact, Chris Eubank <laughs> came into to the shop, Pot Kettle Black. He, did. on, on he didn't like on it. Arcade. He actually gave you some advice. What, what did Chris Eubank say to you that day? Um, we were talking about sport and it was about the time that his, his son was coming through the ranks. And he was just basically telling me that whenever I score a try, I need to make more of an effort to celebrate. And 
become a, a rugby league icon. But so you sort of saying like maybe you should you know have a bit more of a personality. Yeah, he said I should to... walk up to the camera very slowly after scoring a try, look into the lens, and just lift one eyebrow up and just stare into the lens right. for a good 10, 15 seconds. Okay, I've not, I've not have tried you it. practiced no, it at all. No, I don't no. score very because often. some people do say, Mark, that you're like the. I mean, if there's people listening, you aren't from the rugby league fraternity. That you're like the James Milner of the rugby league. Uh, well, there is a perception that I'm boring, yes. Yeah. Mm. Um, <laughs> I'd like to kill those um, perceptions people, over the next... Kill yeah, those people that say that? 30 minutes. But yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. see, won't we? But I mean, didn't someone set up a Twitter account? Like a jo- boring... Well, there's a boring Mark Flanagan Twitter yeah. account. Yeah, which... There was. There was, but... but You've Mark, got a favourite tweet, haven't you? One of his I have, yeah. Well, we, I think Mark was watching... This is not the boring Mark Flanagan. This is actually Mark Flanagan. And, <laughs> and I got asked whether to decipher whether this was actually decipher, Mark Flanagan or the boring Mark Flanagan. They said, I'm reading out a load of tweets, and when they read this one out, I was like, it's definitely somebody as the boring Mark Flanagan, but it wasn't. It yeah. was uh, just watching darts. Uh, Phil, check, Phil Taylor's favourite checkout, uh, 140. Mine, aisle three, Tesco, Oldham. And that was genuine. That's not a joke. That is not. That was a joke. That is not. A, a that is not a boring Mark Flanagan tweet. It is, it's a, not it is a amazing. Joke. When you when you see him, you think like, wow, you know. It's, you, I mean, look, Mark, John, we can no. see he's a very good looking guy. Isn't he's he, good. You know? Yeah, he's, like, he's, 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 he's got to have. You sort of meet him, think he's got to have some sort of charm and charisma, but actually, he's got absolutely zero. Well, you find with this in life, don't you? Where people who've got such a great toolkit in front of them, Mark's very good looking. Developing the other sides of his personality, it comes later, doesn't it? So we're expecting Mark to blossom when he gets into his forties. So I'm off to the Winter Olympics, um, just drop that in there, uh, soon. So um, we're going to see how this goes, but we really want to get the buzz going this ahead of the new season mm-hmm. and we need people to subscribe. So, you know, don't base it on what you've just heard in the first few minutes because that's utter garbage. But throughout the, the course of this podcast, click subscribe. That will keep us going. Um, when I signed up to do this, I was told, and it was on the premise, that I'd be doing it with two Super League captains. So I thought, well, that's going to be a great <laughs> idea. Um, however, the, the sort of... The bare bones of this now is that we're actually doing this with a quarter of a super. You didn't look captain. at the small print, did you? I didn't look at the small print, no. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it's you know the, the print has got smaller and smaller. Uh, John, we'll start with you. Uh, you've been stripped of the Sacks. captaincy. It's stripped, yeah. Well, sacked. look, how, how did that? Happen? <laughs> yeah, well, it, how did it happen uh, via WhatsApp? Was it? No, was it? Right. You've really no, put him no. on the spot, here, haven't you? <laughs> no, um, look, I think with something like a captaincy, you are purely. Um, you're just a keeper of that role for a certain amount of time. Three years, you did. Yeah, and and look, it was a, it's a huge honour to do something for anybody who gets the opportunity to lead or captain an organisation. For me, it was a, a fantastic honour, something I'm I'm immensely proud of for my family, and my friends. That being said, you are aware when you do it that there's a time for which uh, you, you'll no longer do it. I, I took the captaincy off Paul Wellens, who's you know one of my best friends. Mm. Um, uh, so for James Roby to take the captaincy of me, I think... So, so why, why great, have you not got it anymore? Um, quite simply, James Roby's a better player than me. Right. James Roby's... James, you have to be a better player to be captain? No, no, not necessarily, but I think he's a current England international. Mm. He, he, he's our best player for probably the last 10 years. I think he's, he's younger than me. He's going to have a few more years left in, in his career. So let's be frank about it. Those are the reasons. There's no other reasons than that. Um, so how did that? How I want to, we want to know how it came about? Yeah, well, well we're we're all mates. Uh, Justin no Justin Holbrook. I'll give you this now. Is a dead straight guy. Mm. He uh, deals with things like this straight on. Sat me down, said, "Look, I'm thinking of doing maybe this a different way. What do you think?" And I said, "Really." 
truthfully, if your ego wants to jump in, mm. and in life, I think people's egos jump in all the time, don't they? And say, no, no, no. I said, look, in that situation, Justin, if that's what you want to do, I support your decision and I'll support Robes. And that's, I believe James Robes is one of the best players in the world. I'll follow him through brick walls yeah. and I'll I'll help him lead some. He'll, he'll be a different kind of leader too. Cause he, yeah, 100%. He, having played with James, he leads by his actions. He's not much of a speaker, but he's one of the most committed um you know, ruthless players on, on his performance and he, he'll run through brick walls for his and teammates and it's it's quite inspiring to play with something yeah, like that. And look, there's different types of leaders, isn't there? There's there's Genghis Khan who was boiling people in a in a pan, you know. Was he bold as well, was he? Uh, he might have been. He had but then you've got people who like your good friend Winston Churchill who yeah. banged on about three or four times already. Mm. It's not a big deal, you went no. to school with him fine. Uh, but yeah. he, he wasn't on the battlefield. So I look I think leadership I've learned over time takes much more than How very dare you? I think he was on the battlefield in the previous one. Oh, was it the first one? Well, yeah. it's not about. I was talking about yeah, the, yeah, yeah the, the, later the big, in life. Oh, the second one was the main one. Was it? <laughs> yeah, but what, Sorry what about all those people my, that died in the first? Well, we digress. Will my yeah. point being is that leadership takes different forms. Yeah. James Roby leads by his actions. Uh, you can lead with with your talk. You can lead by doing inspiring things. You can lead by changing things. And you there's there's a million ways to lead. James Robey will be an exceptional leader for St. Owens, and that's why he's captain. Okay. And I, look, I support Very him. Very serious answer. How did you actually get that? How did was it a WhatsApp? How did this happen? No, mate, it's a face to face. Look, you know, BBC, the BBC, <laughs> and and uh, your sort of formal governance that sits behind the BBC. <laughs> Things like WhatsApp don't occur. Mate. It's one on one meetings and appraisals. Uh, when sure when you're been... in trouble, Will, we all know that you get a sitting down and talk. So <laughs> Come on, let's not. It's it. You're on the corner, out of harm's way. The, the, the like, 2014 well, Winter Olympics are long behind us. <laughs> um, let, j- just uh, like, like mate to mate. John, seriously, yep. how how did that when when you were told that was going to happen? How did how did you take that? It must have been a bit of a heart stopping moment, right? I reckon there's there's two two feelings that you have when you get some bad news like that. The first one is your emotion, you you ch- your chimp almost, you, you know, your subconscious reaction to it, which is this is nonsense. Like I deserve to be captain. I've done all this hard work. This is a year that we've really tipped to win something. I should be able to go out and lead this team and win something. But that's your ego. That 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 honestly is one of the most destructive things in the world, I think, when your ego steps in because that's not rational. When I, when I step back 10 minutes after, I, the first thing I said to Justin is, I just want a couple of days just to think about what's been said. I didn't want to react on the spot. And when I went away and thought about it, do you know what? I honestly think um, I understand the decision. I, I You know... That that that's how I felt. There's two different sides to it. Your your instinctive reaction, which in rugby league is punch, fight, get your way out of a corner, yeah. and then there's your rational thing, which is think about it. Let's do something measured, and let's uh, you know react accordingly. And that's actually if we're going to go bigger picture now, I think one of rugby league's problem. We spend too much time reacting reacting emotionally to things. We're emotional about this thing. We're the greatest game. Bang, bang, bang. But we don't spend enough time doing the rational stuff. Mm. And I think one thing I've learned, and actually through being in business and whatever, and just, just doing media, whatever it is, is that you've got to use the rational side of your brain. I think emotion and passion, is it fuels sport. Yeah. It fuels sport at all levels. But in that moment when I've been told some bad news, I think one thing I've learned over time, like I've played it for 16 years, that I needed some time just to let the emotion get away and then I could speak freely about it. L- lastly, we've got so much to get to, but l- lastly, on the captaincy and your position at Saints, because you, ha- you, d- you have had stick from your own fans. Yeah. That's, to me, on the, from the outside, seems bizarre that in it is a minority sport mm. in the UK. You, um, it's someone so dedicated 
within a minority sport within the UK is getting stick from their own fans. I yeah. Yeah. Well, I, can, quite understand I, I, I have some experience of this, having played with John for a few years at Saints, and sometimes, because he works his, work, wears his heart on his sleeve and he puts himself out there where it's doing media stuff or do Sky interviews, I think it's, it's easy for people to shoot down John because, like I said, he puts himself out there. He's, he doesn't hide behind the rest of the players and he kind of... He, he, he fronts up when he needs to, so, so that's what yeah, they're angry. No, that, that, and that's part of it, yeah. Yeah, but but criticism and praise are the same thing. It's exactly the same thing. If you accept somebody telling you how good you are, you've got to listen to them tell you that you're no good. Mm. And that's that's sport and life. Like people are far too obsessed now with 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 getting a, a positive attention. Like me, like me, pathetic, pathetic, pathetic. What I, what I, what Just I like think is, what, if you can attra- if you can a- attract positivity and, and you've got to accept that negativity about you exists mm. look we don't you don't hear it in everyday life people and walking down the street you don't get to hear that people dislike you or think that what you're doing is not great but th- those opinions exist the differences in sport and professional sport and in rugby league is that you hear about it okay. and, and and look i i love that I, you know i i don't want it i don't cover that sort of attention but that sport like, all we are are glorified entertainers, and the quicker you get your head around that, the better. Mark, before we start talking about the season, uh, I, I was really excited. I was going to get a Flanagan 13 Salford shirt. Uh, I thought, like, oh, my, one of my, my good muckers is going to be El Capitano this season. I thought, this is this is big news. This is a big day. And then um, many people saw the, the Super League launch and was watching on TV on Sky Sports. He's got to come up soon. He, oh, there's all the pictures. There's all the captains. There was no Mark. And... and uh, so actually, having told me you're captain, you're you're one of four captains. Yeah, well, actually, the, the photograph you're t- alluding to was wasn't the captain's photograph. So that was okay. Manu who plays on the wing, who who's not our captain. Right. Um, but yeah, we've we've uh, Ian's Ian Watson, our coach, has picked four this year. I think over previous years we've we've had quite a young squad compared to the rest of Super League. Um, I think at times we've we've lacked um, a culture of leadership and 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 Chiefs rather than Indians. And I think um, going forward by having three or four guys kind of taking up the role and, and leading by example shares shares that responsibility and uh, I think it's a testament to our squad that we've got so many candidates as well I think with Wella Haraki, myself uh, Lee Mossop and, and Tyrone McCarthy um, I think we've got a, a good group to, to lead from the front and, and to set a culture that you know we can can build, really build a team and, and grow for the next few years Right another little section we want to get onto here is pre-season so What's it like for you two? It's it's is it as as brutal as people on the outside think? I know when I was eating around at yours the other day, Mark, you're saying to me that you want to play bigger this season, so you're eating more. You want to, you know, you you want to play as a bit at a bigger size. What? What's yeah. Behind well, that? throughout my career, I've always been quite light for my position. Um, played in the middle as a loose forward. I've, I've got to be, I've got to be fit to do a lot of work, but I've also got to be, you know, got to have some muscle and size to kind of front up against the big boys. Um, so I'm trying to stay a bit heavier this year um, without probably playing as, as many minutes. But, um, you know, you, you mentioned pre-season. It, it, is, it doesn't get any easier as you get older. Um, we do six weeks prior to Christmas and then about a month before the start of the season. And um, it's a lot of cold, dark mornings running. And we did a lot of wrestling and defence this year. We, we were spending two hours on a Thursday afternoon at the National Taekwondo Centre in Manchester basically doing WWE and I was the rock for a couple of hours there and getting stuck into each other but that's, that's the hardest bit of, of yeah. rugby league contact like the, the wrestling part of the game is which people wouldn't see and don't see is in some sort of cold gym on mats and you you knock each other to death like you, you hit each other 
wrestle, grapple each other, fight. You essentially fight for an hour, and, it, and it's exhausting. And that, like when Mark's saying that, like two hours of wrestling for me would have sent me under. I wouldn't be playing this year if yeah, I had to you do love it. I, you're, you're one of the weirdest human beings I've ever met. I Thank you. you. Love, you I bet, you, like, Mom. come on, Mark. That him in that scenario, wrestling. No, John Wilkin wrestling. John a, John takes a different personality. Was in that situation. He's he's saying he's, he's quite, schizophrenic. He's quite, yeah, he's, he's, yeah, yeah. schizophrenic, and he's quite angry for a couple of hours. Mm. And you really get that that angry face. But it's when you break down a tackle in rugby league, it is it's a collision from 10, 15, 20 meters. And the, your basic job is to, to get the other guy to the ground. So I mean, you do that at each other's houses on sort of Wednesday nights. I've seen you do that. <laughs> We'd like to do it to you, Will. All right, anytime. <laughs> but, but he, so, but how, but Are you giving us a stick about being captains, actually, and the revoking of captains, Will? I'm just yeah. trying to work out what you've ever been in charge of. This isn't about in, me. No, no, that's fine. But let's just throw that round. Have a think about it. I don't want you to answer now. <laughs> in charge of your reputation, right? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> Lovely stuff. But go on, give me give me more insight into how, how brutal preseason well, is. Because look, all... Look, Fans I'll turn up that they they expect first game you guys to be in the the best shape you've ever been in. Mm. But realistically, you, you're humans running other businesses. You've had some time off. Yeah. You know, to get back into the nick you were in at the end of the season, it's yeah, going to no, take a while, isn't it? No, yeah, no. I think we, look, preseason is is about a few things. It's getting physically right. I think more mentally right for the year. Nine months is such a long season such a long season so to be ready to play for nine months you've got to be mentally refreshed so the off season for me is about getting mentally refreshed as any as much as anything um, and when you talk about getting in good nick look if I strip down to my pants now my body looks like it's, a melted it's, it's candle awful. it's terrible yeah, yeah. it's horrible yeah. I have yeah. an, disgusting. an older no, it man's disgusting. body it is disgusting disgusting I, well, I mean I don't I'm, know how much it's I, horrible. I saw, you know, I see you topless and naked quite a lot mm. and and uh, I, I was shocked when I saw I'm, you at Mark's. You know, uh, was it Mark's wedding? It was yeah, in it was. Barcelona. Well, in Barcelona, you were yeah. naked, um, uh, but it was honestly, it was disgusting. <laughs> it was I, disgusting. Oh, yeah, I, I, I embrace like I've got a better body than you, and that's yeah, where John you, and I are very different because have. John looks like we like we've but mentioned the, terrible, imagine, absolutely yeah. terrible. Yeah. Whereas I look really, really good. But I'm fitter than him. But he's fitter and no, I was strong about saying, but he's a lot fitter. Sharper, sharp like a. Yeah, well, look, you know, I look. You'll get there. I, no, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think, think he will. will. No, he no. Won't. I'm not, and I'm not obsessed with doing so either. I'm You're not a narcissist. Like no, I'm not. I'm not. I wouldn't look in the mirror and think, mm, oh, "I wish I had Mark six pack and, and slightly uh, balding hair." I would <laughs> never take, do you, that. You would take it though. <laughs> I would. You'd take the hair for the. For the the thing is, I can hide my flaws with a t-shirt and jeans. Your hair is always going to be there. Evening, Eddie. John Wilkin here from uh, Centre Hi, Tower. How are we doing, buddy? Okay. Good. Yeah, you. But yeah, I'm all right, mate. I'm in a basement recording a podcast. Apart from that, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, Eddie, let's get cracking. Um, and let's just remind everyone of some of the comments you made a couple of weeks ago. Rugby league is a great sport. Rugby league has a huge fan base. It's just in the wrong hands. That's all you said. The world's changed. The way that you promote sport has changed completely. And anybody that doesn't embrace the new age. Is finished. You say you go on to say people in, in rugby league and the infrastructure of rugby league look at us and say we've got, had an unbelievable relationship with Sky. They've turned Sky. Um, they've turned sports around that have been flat. Could we do that with rugby league? Yes. So start off, Eddie. What is wrong with rugby league as it is right now? Well, I think you know it's a sport that has a huge tradition, particularly in the north of England, and and there's quite a big crossover to be honest with you amongst my audience, which is boxing fans snooker fans and particularly darts fans and those who watch rugby league as well and we get a lot of feedback from from those people about the sport 
what I see is a sport that, and you know, I can't tell you that I'm an avid follower of rugby league because I'm not. But what I see is a sport that has diminishing TV numbers, diminishing crowds, and diminishing corporate partners as well, and commercial partners. So in that respect, I think there's the fundamental things wrong with the sport. Um, but ultimately, it, it's not delivering on those levels. And, and obviously, when you look at the success of a sport, it's always judged on TV ratings, bums on seats and, and commercial revenue. Eddie, with the darts, look, it's been a huge turnaround success. It's now aspirational to go to the darts, which is, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you just you just couldn't say that. How do you convert something that is flat, uh, like maybe a darts competition and maybe like rugby league, as you're alluding to, how do you turn that into something vibrant and aspirational? To It's obviously a complex well, thing. I think aspiration, aspirational is a great word. It has to be cool. It has to be, you know, a night out, an experience, a day out. And you need characters in the sport as well. And I think, you know, any sport like that, you need to create characters and you need to make sure that those characters are, are accessible to the general public and they need to learn about them. I think that's what we've done in boxing so well is, you know, you've got to know the fighters so much better now, whether it's, you know, uh, support programming around fights and or matches in your case, or whether that's, you know, better work on social media. Um, but I think that, you know, I, I, I'm not a rugby league follower. I couldn't name you one player. That, well, that's sad. That that in that in itself is is, no. is huge. Uh, and and you know, you tell me to name a rugby league player, Jamie Peacock. I mean, you know, these, these John, are John like Mark some Morgan. old school guys <laughs> that, that I that I know. But you know, that that in itself, and I've never actually thought of it like that before. But that's the truth. Yeah. It's terrible. So so you know, so Eddie, me, Eddie, it, tell me to name half a dozen teams. Yeah, could just about do that. <laughs> but you know, you're talking about a sport that that has, you know, a, a, a big, big background in this country, historic background, and people just aren't talking about it anymore. So, you know, and this goes for a lot of sports, by the way, not just rugby league. But, so so this, know, this, this podcast, this, Eddie, this podcast is called Whippets and, and Flat Caps. And, and, mm. and is that is that the image that, that you have of rugby league? Yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that something they need to dispel? Is it that, that sort of stereotype? Um, is that holding the game back? When I talk about rugby league being a great sport, I've, I've watched rugby league. It's a great sport. Rugby, in general, across the disciplines, is a great sport, a tough sport. But again, it's just not at the forefront of young people's minds, I think. And that can sometimes be a problem from the grassroots to the elite level of the sport. But what one thing I definitely know is it's not cool, it's not sexy to go to rugby league or to watch rugby league. And it is to go to the darts. And as much as I love the darts, and as much, you know, we, we obviously own the BDC, it's darts. It's not rugby <laughs> league. It's not yeah. boxing. And, no, and, it's not a sport that is notoriously, uh, you know, historic or entertaining. So when you have a great sport, and this is why I feel so passionately about boxing, is I believe it's the greatest sport in the world. But you have to make it accessible. You have to let people in. Let them understand it, and 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 let them get addicted to the sport. And unless you draw people in to watch the sport and enjoy the fan experience, that will never happen. Eddie, you, look, you're you're an infinitely busy man. Um, the comments obviously have provoked a lot of discussion about whether Matchroom yourself could could take on rugby league and make a success of it. You know, 
Is, is that a likely possibility? You know, is that something that could I happen? Don't think so. well, you know, when we went into darts, it wasn't a case of the PDC, which is the Professional Darts Corporation, reaching out to you know my dad and saying, "Would you like a job?" <laughs> no, we don't. We're not interested in a job. Can we resurrect sports? Yeah, of course. But we resurrect it through our business by taking that sport over. It's not meaning to sound arrogant or, or bullish. It's just what we have to do. You know, I'm not interested in becoming the chief executive of the rugby league because I'm busy enough as it is. But, you know, we have the employees at Matram that know how to turn sports around, know how to promote events. And, of course, that's what I do. Um, so in that respect, if there was a position to be had in terms of Matram within the sport, and possibly we'll look at it. But, Eddie, I, I know how no, your brain I, works, and and, and I let, let me let, let's push you a little bit. Then, have you had any? Be honest. Any discussions? Any any thoughts? Any uh, any sort of communication with the RFL with Sky about getting involved in this? There, there has been discussion in the past, not recently, um, between the RFL and, and some of our directors uh, and my dad as well, but not not in uh, in recent times. Certainly not within the last twelve months. Are you going to change that? And I don't think. I don't think, to be honest, I think the authorities would necessarily like to see us in the sport. And that's not something that I've heard. Or I just, you know, from the outset of how I perceive the leadership of rugby league to be, I don't think they'd like us to come in and shake up the game in that respect. Well, because, because you'd be perceived as a, a, southern, a southern fairy touching a northern treasure or what? Not necessarily, but I just think that we're, we're different. You know, we, we shake games up in ways that sometimes upset the old guard you know I mean we did when we went back into boxing we created the prize fighter series which I have to be honest probably revolutionised the sport in that it brought so many casual fans to the sport of boxing but the old guard you know the boxing people looked at it and said oh it's terrible what's this three fights in one night three three minute rounds it's disgusting whereas the casual fans embraced it a bit like 2020 mm. in cricket so our ideas sometimes are a little bit quirky but there's a method to the madness and we'd probably have to shake up the game of rugby league to an extent where that old guard would probably look at it in such a way that you know would would be distasteful for them. But do you want to change the game? Do you want to freshen it up? You can't paper over cracks in in these sports, you know. And there could be a problem without looking into it deeply enough. A big problem from the bottom to the top. So, like I said, you need you need one thing you do need without any question of doubt is role models. And in boxing right now, we have, we have, of course, you know, a heavyweight world champion called Anthony Joshua, who young kids aspire to be. I'm, I don't believe that there's many kids talking about rugby league players in schools like, I want to be him. Certainly not where I'm based down here. And, and I believe a lot of England as well. And that, that's a problem because you need superstars. And like I said, if I'm someone that follows sport quite aggressively, and I can't tell you the superstars in rugby league. And that doesn't mean I have to be in rugby to know those stars. I should just know them. You know? I know them in tennis. I know them in golf. I know them in football. So why don't I know them in rugby league? Because they're not in the public eye. They're not reaching out to the casual audience, which is essentially a way to grow the numbers for any sport. 
And do you think that? Do you think how much do you think a regional identity plays into that? Feeds into that? You know, the the the, the you know we, we talk about maybe the darts and the snooker, and you said there's a similar demographic to those audiences to, to rugby league. Do you believe the regional identities is, is is a is a is an excuse that the game can use, or or is that maybe no, I a disguise? Think it exists for sure. I mean, look, I I stage fights in Leeds in Hull, um, and I see. The passion, you know, we had, we had a fighter, Martin Murray, from St Helens. Big Saints you know, fan, big Saint Helens fan, yeah. Rugby league, yeah. I, I see the passion for rugby league in those territories, but I do not see the passion in in many other places. And darts, you know, darts was probably seen as a regional sport as well. You know, it's heavily played in the north of England. And now Ali Pally's absolutely sport. rammed out with Prince Harry Everyone. turning up. I mean, look at our Premier League teams. You know, Dublin, Exeter. Uh, London, Manchester, Liverpool, Glasgow, it's everywhere. And that's, you know, you can't concentrate. Yeah, of course, you're always going to be strong in those regions that you're in. You can't and mustn't take them for granted. But if you're going to grow the sport, you know, and, and, and the way that people are digesting sport is completely different now. No, people don't digest sport just on televisions anymore. You know, the millennials growing up, they're, they're watching and digesting content, sporting content, in many different ways, whether it's across digital platforms or social media platforms. And you know, again, it's not something I, I live on social media because a huge part of our business is promoted in that way. I don't see much rugby league stuff floating around and I follow many, many sites. And, so, and, and again, Eddie, just from your experience, sorry, just from your experience in darts, what was the, the transition period from, from matchroom taking over to, you know, the powers that, that the power that it is now, because John and I were speaking off air a, a few minutes ago, and, and rugby league sometimes has a has a plan for two or three years, and then it it changes changes course, and then does another plan. And basically, we've, we're not looking at the, the long term longevity and the long term plan of the sport. And and I'd be interested to, to to hear your thoughts on on how long it took from from taking over at darts, and then then actually really making it the big success it is today. Well, I think I think prob- probably. You know, something in the region of three to five years till it was a huge success. I mean, it's now second only to Premier League football in terms of TV ratings on Sky. That's incredible. You know, the, the semi-finals, the finals, and the quarter-finals were, were hitting numbers well over a million um, on Sky for the World Championships. So it's become a huge spectator sport. But as an event, what we've done is we've created a night out. We've had fun with it. Yeah. You know, we've created characters, created personalities. Just like my dad did with the snooker in the 1980s. You can remember them now. Alex Hurricane Higgins, Steve Interesting Davis, <laughs> Willie Thorne with a bald head, Bill Werbenick, Dennis Taylor with the funny glasses, Kirk Stevens used to wear a white suit. But you remember those guys. Characters. And in darts, you got it now. Phil the Power Taylor, Raymond Van Barnabelle, Michael, Michael Van Gerwen, Peter Wright with a silly head as the dance. You know, but you've got these characters that you can resonate with. And they become almost like pawns or actors in this 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 show. And with with and that, that's what it has to be. It has to be a show with team sports. And I think a session. Well, rugby league has followed football suit, as in it's been sceptical of the media and it's tried to flatten out all of the personalities in the game. It doesn't really allow too many players to go off and, and and express themselves and become individuals and become maybe iconic people, like you say. Um, how much do you work with the individuals? Um, Eddie, to, to make those guys sing and to, to exaggerate their character or do you just let them be themselves? Completely and you have to let them be themselves. I never want to 
you know, get a fighter to try and act in a certain way because it's one, it, it don't look right, and two, it's uncomfortable for them. There's nothing worse than not being yourself. But there are, listen, you you know, being in the sport that you're in, there are bundles of characters in the dressing room. So why can't we see them? You know, why can't we see them be themselves? It doesn't mean you're going to take your eye off the ball or, you know, you're not going to be the same player because you, you can be. But ultimately, if you don't let these people express themselves, if you don't let the fans know about the players and let young kids want to be like the certain players, then you're not going to grow the sport. But you've got, you've got a big, big job on your hands because I've got to tell you, the sport is not the flavour of the month in the boardrooms. And I'm talking about for commercial sponsors and I'm talking about for broadcasters as well. So, Eddie, so, right, I, I, I've interviewed you loads and I, I like to think that I've got a pretty good idea of how your, your brain works. And, you, and listen, you've done a fantastic job with what you've been doing in, in a short space of time and obviously what your dad has done as well but you and you admit you do have an ego and quite right you've got an ego because you can back it up and you, you can say look well look what we've done so has this conversation aroused you to get into to, to, more, more so than, than, than you were a couple of weeks ago to, to get involved because look look well, eddie let me put this to you right the rfl's chief executive who is a position you absolutely medically you don't want you're not interested in that side of it but the chief commercial officer and the chief exec of rugby league have both gone right there's no signs of replacement some might say the sport's in an absolute mess this this is your time eddie it's got to be right for us as as a, as a business as a family i mean you have to understand matrim is a family business so we don't have board of directors in a sense that we have to ask people for permission to do things. If me and my dad fancy it, we'll do it. Um, he's not as keen on this as I am um, because he's not necessarily a believer. And he tends to really go into sports that he absorbs and has a passion for. Now, that's one of the reasons he went into snooker in the first place. So I'm interested and in, you know, even from my comments, I've seen the response mm. and maybe it is an ego thing because, you know, when I step up in front of 90,000 people to speak after a boxing match, I generally get booed <laughs> and I've been sort of cheered on social media at the idea of joining rugby. That would change very <laughs> quickly. That'll like, change. Like, I was going to say, Eddie, don't, don't, don't rely on that, yeah, mate. <laughs> I'm, not I'm not silly. But, but I don't know. I mean, listen, if the RFL comes to us and said, we'd like Maxim to look at rugby league as a sport, and you know, have a chat. Yeah, you know, we'd certainly entertain those conversations. Well, I hope, I, I, hope think, I hope someone's listening you know, from the RFL is listening. Well, but what, what, what would your think, so you wouldn't you know, be aggressive with this? What would your next step be? You're going to wait for them to come to you. Yeah, I mean, look, we've got a great business, and we're not sort of <laughs> we're not looking for work. We're, of course, we're always looking for the right opportunities as a business. But you know, it's not something that I'm looking at thinking oh, I've got to make contact with the you know, the RFL because. This is something we need here. This is something that if it suited us and if it worked for all parties, it's a, it's a sport that has the size to grow aggressively and would be interesting for us as a business. But it's not something, I mean, you know, I, I don't know enough about the sport. It would take me a while to get to grips with the sport. Yes, I've watched it. Yes, I understand the game. But I don't know you know, the deep roots of the sport in terms of the political structure, in terms of the commercial structure, you know, the actual admin structure, the playing structure. Because one thing we do do as well is when we come into sports, like I said, we mix it up. We mix up the championships. We mix up the league structure. And it might be something that might not very be very popular. Well, it certainly wouldn't be very popular with the traditionists. 
too late for that. You know, yeah. you've either got to make a change, you know, by people who people believe in, or you're going to be struggling for a long time. And it's not something you can just pave over the cracks. If there's a problem, there's a problem. And, and sometimes, you know, complete overhaul is, is your best chance. Well, I, I know you're really busy, Eddie, and really appreciate you coming to, on to speak to us, but. In fact, just while you're here, because I haven't even spoken to John and Mark about this, we, we just sort of th- threw this at them. But, Wilco, what, how, how would someone like Eddie then, while Eddie's still on the line, go down? You, you know that Eddie's admitted yeah, he doesn't know well, the game, he doesn't know the characters, he doesn't know the, the, the team, he knows half the... How, how would Eddie taking over and match him taking over go down with, you know, with Super League fans? Well, just listening to Eddie now, I mean, you know, you're in, you can't help but be enthused by the guy. The, there's a confidence, obviously, that, that Eddie's got that, that I think Rugby League needs to... To, to portray to the world, to have a confident a mentality, to attack things, to take on new ideas and structures and um, be brave and bold. Innovation's actually in rugby league's DNA. We're always innovating. The the, the, the video referee, um, it rule changes, um, all sorts of things. We innovate, but when it comes to the basics of the game and how we promote ourselves and market ourselves, We've we've been way behind the times, I believe, and 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 somebody who comes in from an outside with Eddie's experience could really be the catalyst for the game going from strength to strength. I believe a big thing is making stars of our players, making young kids want to grow up and be rugby league players. I play in St Helens, and the kids there want to be football players, and they want to be boxers, and they want to be everything else than rugby league players, and that's a challenge. And I believe Eddie could do a great job. And that that being said. It, I can imagine he's got more than enough on his plate. He's got no big fights on the horizon <laughs> coming, coming up. He's, he's got quite a few no, months. Right, but... Go on, yeah, go yeah, on, Eddie. No, that's an interesting point about St Helens because but that is a, an area that is you know, historic in terms of the sport. So if it's failing there at the grassroots level, then you know how do you expect to grow the sport in other regions? And I think the regional aspect is a very interesting debate about rugby league. You know, are you ever going to crack those regions? I mean, I can't remember the last time I heard of anyone playing rugby league down here. You know, so how do you change that? How do you get rugby league in schools? You know, how do you get them to switch from you know areas where perhaps union takes a massive stronghold into playing the, the game of rugby league? How you get the kids wanting to play? How do you do that? You get them by knowing the, the players, wanting to become the players, having idols that play the sport. And that comes through marketing and promotion, not just within the game, but to the casual fan, bringing those players outside of the sport of rugby league and somehow making them sports stars. But let's not kid ourselves. Without the right broadcast partner pushing the sport, you have absolutely zero chance. But you've already got that. And so this has to come. Yeah, yeah, but this has to come from the, the RFL and the broadcaster combined and a complete overhaul of how things are done because as a TV product and as a sport, it's not working. Look, just speaking to Eddie over these last few minutes, I can tell, I can tell from his voice, he's interested. <laughs> he, he does is. sound interested. Eddie, you're more interested than you were when we said hello. <laughs>
when you've got a sport like that. You know, it's not like you're starting from scratch. It's not like you're trying to put bums on seats that, you know, has never happened before. There's been crowds before. There's been great games before. There's been great clubs before. There's been great players before. So, again, it's a, it's a, it's a great sport that's embedded within the country. So you have to regenerate it. You have to bring it back. You have to make it great again. But if it's been great, and it has been great, it's not, you know, I mean, let's not kid ourselves. It's, it's been around a long time. If it's been great, it can be great again. Everything has cycles. You now, boxing's in a great cycle at the moment. Is that because of us, or is that just because it's just the way life goes? You know, um, darts is in a tremendous cycle. Maybe in five years it'll be dead again, and maybe it'll have a resurgence. So I'm a big believer in that, and I think, you know, the sport of rugby league, like any sport, can have its ups and downs. It's it's in a downtime right now. So how do you get it up? I hope you get there with or without. Get him off the field! That was diabolical! Right, guys, let's get stuck into the nuts and bolts. We're going to focus on some key games, some big issues coming up. Leeds Warrington kicks it all off Thursday night. Did the best team, John Wilkin, in Super League win it last year? Well, look, I think if, if Leeds had been in any other sport in the world, it would have been a film being made about what they did. They finished bottom of the league the year before. They then went on to win the competition. We spent all season talking about Cass and how amazing Cass had been and Cass were the entertainers. Well, Leeds bumbled along in the background and won the competition. And to come from last to win is incredible. Leeds's record in big games is just an unbelievable thing. They've got the formula to win big matches. Uh, they faced Warrington on Thursday and actually I'll tell you now I, I, I think Warrington are one of the sides to beat this year Steve Price coming in uh, Australian coach with a huge amount of experience Ben Murdoch Masilla one of Flash's teammates obviously smelt Mark's breath and left He um, <laughs> he's ended up at Warrington a, a, a big fella Flash isn't he huge. yeah he's great player he's, he's a big guy he's very athletic um, I think he'll add a lot to the uh, to Warrington pack I think it's a big time for Warrington and being a Warrington fan they've had Tony Smith at the helm for a long time um, struggled last so year did you say you were a Warrington fan it's a big time for for Warrington oh, right. fans yeah and I'm yeah. not I support Salford right yeah. um, um, wherever the money is yeah no um, but yeah I think it's a, it's a great time for to be a, Salt, uh, to a Warrington fan um, <laughs> Steve Price takes over it'll probably change the way they play a little bit from Tony Smith uh, I think they'll have a great season. I think they'll beat Leeds this week. But I, I must mention, uh, a lot of credit must go to the board of Leeds Rhinos. So having won the comp in 2015, then getting relegated, but then sticking by Brian McDermott. A lot of clubs would have would have sat the coach having having such a great season, then getting relegated. But they stuck by in the they stuck by the squad, and I think it it was just deserved. Why, why do they win big games, Leeds? When, when, you know, I look at Leeds and, and, and I think throughout the season, the performances are up and down. You watch them on video; they're not great. But when it gets to the right time of the year, they win. I think they've got a great culture. I think they've got a lot of players that 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 turn up on big games. I think they know how to win. They always they always hang in there. We've played them a few times, whether at, at St. Helens at Salford, and I've must have been about three or four games. They've beaten us on the on the bell. And I think it's that resilience. I think it's that culture of never say die. I think it's 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 inbred. In, in the DNA of the Leeds players, I think, I think they've got they've had the, the likes of Sinfield, Maguire. But they're they're long years. they're long gone now, yeah. so we can get that. So they, I, are they I, a cat I, with I, nine lives? They I, get rid of these guys and they keep they keep. You well, know, no, says, well, I think the they're style done. that which Leeds play, they change. They're the most adaptable team in the league. They can change how they play. They've got no structure to what they do. They, in most sides in the league are predictable. Leeds aren't. 
And that makes them dangerous when it comes to knockout rugby. When everybody's got into the rhythm and playing predictably mm. and doing certain things, and we're all repeating what each other do, it can be quite drab and dull at times. Leeds go out on a limb and do something different. They're aggressive defensively. They throw the ball around. They've got exciting players who can carry the ball well. Exciting players, but you say, you know, is 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 well, Callum Watkins got the gravitas of those guys you mentioned as a leader? Yeah, well, yeah, I think he can do. Look, we don't. We're not in the change room at Leeds. We're in a basement somewhere. So look, we, you know, when we can't, we're in a studio somewhere. Sorry, it's not. A Basement is for luxurious, basement luxurious studio. Where um, look, Callum Watkins might have all the ingredients to be a captain. I don't know him well enough to, to say whether he does or he doesn't. But Leeds have got a knack of winning games. But I agree with what my mate Flash is saying. I think Warrington are, are going to be too strong from on Thursday. Steve Price, Ben Murdoch, Masilla, watch out. Warrington are coming this year. You just said Flash, so we might better get this in. Why are you called Flash? His dad was called Flash. My dad was called Flash. There was another guy, Peter Flanagan, who played for Hull. LKR in the 60s, also called Flash. No relation, he was he was called Peter Flanagan. John's got the story on this, he the ca- inside scoop. He carried a comb in his back pocket and had brill cream and f- and he, always combed his hair. So he had hair to cut. So, yeah, he did. I did. Ironically. Um, but they called him, he said he was Flash. He was, he was, he was I Flash it, it sounds like you, you, you're quick. And, uh, no, 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 you're no not, I'm but, not very fast, not no, very skillful, no. but I've just inherited a, a really good nickname. Okay. <laughs> it's an, ex- <laughs> it's an excellent nickname. It is. My nickname at school was Flanny until a guy with a speech <laughs> impediment <laughs> could only say Fanny. So uh, why have you told us that? can't say Fanny or Fannigan. No. Flanny. In terms of Saints, they play Cass. Yeah, you, we, you we play, play Cass. You, well, not me, you. Yeah. You play Cass. And they were one of the... St- I, I have to call yeah. them Cass because if I say Castleford, then people are just going to start turning off. Ca- but they were one of the stories they we made last season. Cass last year were incredible. Like I said, we should have been talking about Leeds and what they did. But, mm. but Cass... I think through positivity, playing great, racking up big scores, playing well on TV, everybody being dead positive. They that got was great all for of, Super League, right? It was, yeah. They got all of the media attention and all of the attention last year. That being said, we were 20-odd 20, 20 seconds away from pipping them in the semi-final and we'd have gone to Old Trafford. Now, that was devastating for us and we've been waiting for this season to get going to put that right. We get the chance to do that against Cass. Um, I'll say this, I've got a huge amount of respect for what Cass do, how they play, Actually, how the club conducts itself. I think they're an example, really, to to what's great about Super League. Um, And we talk about a regional identity. Look, if you travel around rugby league towns, there's not a stronger regional attachment to a club than Cass fans have got to their club. It's immense. It is literally a massive part of the community. Yeah, it's insane. So the factory was what was it's Hickson's or whatever. It's big industrial town. Cass mining, whatnot, and 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 the rugby league club is 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 literally the the focus of that town. Big up the jungle. I remember when you guys got me tickets when you were playing there, and I had to hang out in the jungle before the game. That was you enjoyed that. I I felt at home. It was yeah. Yeah, what a place. <laughs> Will they be then the Cass of this well, season? Look, think, as in the team that surprised everyone last year. Will well, they be that surprise well, packaging? Well, they already did it last year, so I think it'll be tough for them to be a surprise again. However, yeah. so people will work them out. Th- you'd think so, yeah. Um, it, it, those, they say second se- season syndrome in a lot of teams and players. I still think they'll be a tough team to beat, but there'll be an expectation of teams when they play against Castleford of what's coming. They did build. F- in the previous years to, to last season, they were a team in transition over three or four years, steadily mm-hmm. getting better and, and, and recruiting better players over the years. And I think it's a testament to all of the clubs that it's not a, a, like a quick fix. You can't just sign all the best players and then 
expect the reward. You've got to build it, and I yeah. think it's, it's a credit but to the club. Ma- massive, that to do massive that. loss for Cass, Zach Hardacre. Now we can't talk about Cass without talking about Zach okay. Hardacre and oh. his. What happened to him last year? Look, before the grand final, Zach Hardacre is one of the nominees for Man of Steel. Which, for people who don't know, most people who are listening will, is the best player in our competition. So him and Luke Gale were two Castleford players nominated for that, mm. and to lose one of those players in the build-up to a grand final was incredible as a teammate you'd be devastated that a key player like that has done something so ridiculous so close to a grand final um, so fully and, and Zach, the band, Zach, yeah? Zach being out of the Castleford team is huge they've got yeah. fantastic quality around and and look we uh, let's give Cast the, the team that they've got give them credit I think they've got enough tools and, and weapons in that team to be as effective as they were with Zach but Zach in itself it, it, it was a huge story in the game it, it was devastating to Castleford Going into that grand final, losing a player like Zach Hardick, a fullback is such a specialist position. Like we play, me, me and Flash, we can't play fullback. We we right. play in the pack, like and, and it's tough and it's attritional and pretty physical. But my word, fullback is an intricate, detailed position, and so, you can't just you can't just throw anybody in there and expect them to do well. Zach, obviously dealing with a lot of stuff. Flash has made a big blooper, hasn't he? But it's it's, it's a bit more than that, isn't it? I mean, is he not? It's, it's, not it's tough to comment to be honest. Well, we we spoke earlier. Um, we're in the day, we're in an age of, of talking about state of mind and, and, and looking at the pressures that are put under rugby league players. Now we don't know what's gone on in the background. We we spoke earlier of Jake Livermore who played for Hulu, who who got done for um, a, a cocaine ban. Yeah. Uh, he had stuff going on in his family life at the time, which which kind of excused that in a way. He, he was he was having a bit of a breakdown or whatever. So so I don't think we can really comment until we know what's. And he going didn't on. get a ban. So all right, but from from the outside. Two years. That that is that satisfactory. Two years. Someone does some cocaine. I don't think you can describe the situation as satisfactory. No, no, the band. I know, but I don't like the word. I don't like the word you used. Is it satisfactory? I mean, does almost. It always mean that you derived enjoyment from the band that he got. Is it? Are you satisfied, Will? Are you satisfied with the band? Well, well fellow, no, look, professionals within. Look, the I game. think. Look, the UK anti doping is black or white. It's strict liability. What's in your system is your responsibility. Mm-hmm. So you know, if if you came to our coffee shop and you were found, you guys with, have got a coffee shop. Yeah, I didn't know from Pot Kettle Black Manchester City Centre. Okay. Very good award-winning, award-winning right? coffee shop. Yeah, I, I actually heard well, Common Grounds, the one I go to in Altrincham. <laughs> well, if you came in and ate something, it was contaminated. Let's say, for example, and you got tested, it was positive. It's your fault, not ours. Yeah. Now, look, Zach has got strict responsibility for what's in his system. He took things that shouldn't have been in his system. He's got banned. That's that's it, right? That's yeah. done. Like whether that's fair or not, it's done. Yeah. It's just done. The the people who missed out were the Castleford team at the end of last year, who'd had a great season, and they, you know what? They deserved more than the, the than any of the media attention being about Zach. It should have been about top their by team. ten points, right? Yeah, an incredible performance from them, and 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 they deserve all the credit that they get. Um, with Zach, look, let's. Get, he needs obviously some help and support. I think Castleford are standing by him. I think that's incredible. I think we've got a, a duty of care to people, not just to cast people aside who make mistakes in life. Mm. You know, forgiveness has to be a core without getting too deep. Uh, a core principle of everything about our society we need to get forgive Zach we need to put our arms around him make sure he's right and move on he'll you know he's going to need some support over the next few and and, and, we we just talked about Leeds what I just said are they you know the cat that has nine lives in terms of evolving and just reinventing themselves Cass have done it before maybe they weren't at the pinnacle they were at when they had Solomon who went over to Sale Sharks but they've lost a player of that quality before they've lost a hard ache now Jacob Truman, is it? Can he step into the? Well, they replaced shoes him with Greg Eden last season when he. No, do you say? No, no, I, oh, I, no, I, was, I, was, I no. don't know. I just made a mumbling noise that sounded like no <laughs> in a hole. It's, it's a like whole, the noise you whole made at your ac- wedding. It's my whole accent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool, Mark. But yeah, I, I, 
when Dennis Solomon left for Rugby Union, there was a, there was a big outcry on, on on who would replace him. They signed Greg Eden. He had a great season. Now it's it's, it's the turn for someone else to step up. Eden might go to fullback yeah. like he did in the grand final. But I, I don't think they'll be too hindered at the start of the year because they've got personnel that can fill well, that. Yeah, Daryl Powell look, was banging on about Jacob Truman saying yeah. that he, he, he can easily well, step into Hardacre's shoes yeah. and, and play the same way they played last season. Yeah, That's what he was saying. I'm done with Cass now. Okay. Right, let's talk about somebody else. I, I, I think St. Helens are going to be a real threat this year. <laughs> no, there's a lot... Yeah, James Roby's going to kill it. There's a lot of great teams in the league. Um, well, I think Hull FC were outstanding last year and I think, look, at Hull now, we've got... Two Hull teams coming back into the competition. Both Hull FC and Hull KR. With Danny um, Maguire. With Danny Maguire. Recruited really well. Danny Maguire, standout player in the grand final. My God, an old man, older than God's dog, but produced an How amazing... Uh, I'm younger than him. He why produced... is he gone? Well, I'm not asking you a stupid question. Why, why has he left Leeds to go to... Well, Hull I just KR? think at the time when you're making those decisions, I don't think Danny was playing, actually. I think he was in and out of the team with injuries. Was, was he not mid- man of the match in middle, the grand final? Yeah, but he was. But middle, we're talking these decisions about recruitment, much like in your career, will have made well before. So had they been made you know, six months ago, you might not be in the position you are now in with a, a very notable broadcaster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but look, Danny's Danny decided to move on. Maybe he wanted a new challenge. And, and look... Uh, Leeds has lost his whole KR's gain. I, I'm delighted. I, I grew up, you know, as a as a just a, a humble pig farmer in East Hull. Um, you know, I'm not silver spoon like you two. I I worked and grafted my way through pig muck and wee to where I am now. Um, but Danny Maguire will be a huge asset for Hull KR. Look, Hull FC biggest team flash. I think when you play against Hull FC, you know that it's going to be physical, don't you? They've got such a big outside back and impact. they play very similar to Leeds as, as we said before that they play hot they play with a lot of offloads they've got a big pack the likes of Watts Sikamanu Minicello are all big offloaders so they'll they'll be a threat this season with their style of play they're, they're very unpredictable and in the halves with, with Sneed with his kicking game Albert Kelly who's electric on his day he can come up with anything I think they'll be they'll be up there or thereabouts again Lee Radford because they've only brought three players in Lee Radford was saying they didn't need to change anything I don't think they did. No, I think I think all FC are getting something right, and um, they're, they're getting better and better. I think it's great for the city hold that Hull KR are back in. I think having both Hull teams in the competition it is an asset for the game. The Hull derbies are just incredible. Uh, one of my biggest regrets is I moved over to St Helens before Hull KR got into the top division and managed to play against Hull FC. One is if you live, you know, you talk. We've had Eddie Hearn on talking about people aspiring to be something. Well, I wanted to play for Hull KR and play in a Hull derby. That's what I wanted to do as a kid. Like I just, well, that's what I wanted to do. Nothing else. Didn't get the chance to do it. Got to play for Hull KR, um, but I'm envious of those Hull teams. You know, this year they get to go at each other. And a sellout crowd and, and an exceptional atmosphere. So good you, on them. You were talking about Saints, and obviously saying that you think you're going to have a good season. What's what's Justin Holbrook plotting then in the off season for for Saints this coming up season? Yeah, look, Justin's a real detailed guy. Um, he's got a corporate background actually, which you know I think me and Flash talk a lot about. It, it, it gives him um, an, a broader understanding than just a sporting uh, background. I, I think it it, it makes him uh, a great leader actually, and I, I've really enjoyed. I look, every player says this, don't they? that they enjoy working under the coach and, and that the coach is great and blah, blah, blah. And it's one of those nonsense sort of things in sport. But I'm telling you now, Justin Holbrook's a great coach. Well, I was amazed how close, because I, I met him at Sports Personality of the Year and just how like just watching you guys interact, was, he was just like, I don't know whether that's how it should be, but uh, he, was, he was just like two, No, but it was just like two mates on a night out. 
Yeah, he's a normal bloke. Yeah. He's just a, he's a all genuine... the players have that kind of click with him. Yeah, he's a, he's a great he's a great bloke. He's just he's a dead straight bloke. He'll tell you what he thinks. Yeah, I think as a player, all you want from your coach is just straight shooter. As long yeah. as you know where you stand. If you're playing poorly and you, and you don't deserve to play, that's fine. As long as the coach tells it. Straight shooter. Like somebody says, you know, you're going to be my captain yeah, this season. Yeah, you're not going to be. You're going to be a quarter. <laughs> you of you our might captain. you might be my captain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, James Robert. Yeah. Um, but I think if as as a as a player, if your coach just tells you exactly how it is, you know where you stand. There's nothing worse yeah. as a player to to try and read his mind, not where you, yeah. not where you stand. And it's and, and I, just I, from, Justin's biggest strength is he can make something really complicated very simple. It can be succinct. So it can turn something like how we want to defend into a sentence. Yeah. Now I, that's that's a skill. Look, because we can fluff and talk about tactics and techniques and all the sort of jazzy stuff around the game, Flash. We could, we would not be able to do that. And, and in three or four sentences, when he first came into the club, he simplified what we were doing. Yeah. And for me, that's really changed how we played. It saw us be the best defensive team in last year, which we didn't get much credit for. Probably. And I think, look, Saints will do well this year. We've got a great squad. But like I said... Hull, Hull FC are, in, are going to be great. Warrington are going to be great. Leeds, Rhinos are going to be Salford. great. And so what, would you like, what would you like to say to the Daily Mirror? Because the Daily Mirror have said that Salford are going to finish Bottom. 12th. Yes, 12 out of 12. Mm. Um, I think we've experienced this for the last few years with... A lot of what finishing bottom? No, no. A oh. lot of perception. So you accept that, 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 that that's a sort of you know it's quite an accurate prediction. No, it's a perception that we've had for the last few years. Like I said, um, we had it at the start of last season. Then mm. big loss. Ben, ben Maddock still is a big loss. Can for you let me finish, John. It's yeah, not, that's fine. It's not the John Wilkins show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> up until about mid point in the season, we were second. Ben Maddock still is a big loss, isn't we were he? Back? Second. <laughs> we're in the semis of the cup. Um, we were above John um, in the league and set Helens and. And then kind of halfway through the year, halfway through the year, and then because we've not got a big squad, we've not got much experience. We suffered a lot of injuries, and we kind of the the season derailed from there. But I think it showed that we can match it with the best, and we can consistently over a good period of time be up there with with the big boys. And I think we're not bothered about what's perceived of us. We're not bothered what's judged. Kukash is gone. You guys are in. Is is it unstable? No, that doesn't really affect the players. Kukash and the the board aren't there trading every day, and they're not there for eighty minutes on, on a weekend. So. That doesn't really affect us. I think we've got a really tight-knit group. I think we've recruited well. Obviously, we've lost uh, Ben Murdoch Masilla and our captain from last season, Michael Dobson, but uh, I'm fully confident we've got a very talented team and we've got a very hard-working team as well. I think over the course of 80 minutes, if you've got a tight-knit team that's willing to, willing to bust a nut for each other, I think it goes a long way for you to win the game. What, you know, you said about that, that there was a change, wasn't the mark change, maybe how you finished the year to how you started it. Can you look back and think, Things happened. Certain events happened. What what was it that changed? I think it, I think it was injuries. To be honest, we were we were heavy. We were, we we were a team that were probably reliant on the experience of a few guys. There were probably four or five of us that all got injured at the same time, and we were all playing big minutes at that that period, and and we probably had a reasonable impact in the game. And then we had, we had, a, we were a team in transition in some in some points. We had lads who who hadn't played a full Super League season, so backing up week in week out putting in performances week in, week out. It's, it's tough over a 32-33 week season. So I think the experience of, of of going through that last year will put us in good stead for this season. And I think that if we can time it and peak at the right the right moments and, and, and not just go off like a bull in a china shop and, and, and not finish it off, I think I think we, we'll go a long the way. The big question I want, March the 2nd. March the 2nd, what a date. Get it in your diary. It's in my diary. Do you know why? Because that's when Salford plays St Helens. Are you two going to come out of the tunnel holding hands again? I'll do my best to hold on. We'll be further down the line Tell than us maybe story. last time. Well, we were both captain the club last year, walked out. And look, like, like I think we're just trying to be informal about stuff. I tried to grab Mark's hand, touch his bum. 
uh, inappropriate sort of stuff. It didn't go down well. I think Mark, it was the Mark's first time in rugby league or union history that the, the two captains have held hand. It's nice. That's a nice touch. Walking out onto but a that's, pitch. And that's, but I didn't want to. He's got really strong. Did you think he was the mascot? Because he's only fat small. hands. No, no. I just lo- I love him. Okay, that's nice. Though. I wanted is, to. Is he going to start him. crying again? I don't know. <laughs> Not now. Um, look, I, I really enjoyed holding your hand, Mark. If you didn't, it's fine. What about the teams that aren't going to do well this year? Who do you think's going to bomb? You've been you, Nigel Whisker from the Mirrors tipped you guys to finish bottom. If you're not going to finish bottom, who is? You're not really reacted to that. You've taken that quite nicely. So yeah, doesn't spur you on a little bit? No, no not really. Okay. So who? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not going to say that. No. Do you know what? Do you know one one ground that I love to play at or every year is is Wakefield. And we, we go there and and they're a team that have vastly improved and deserve some recognition. Really, can they make the top eight this season? I think they can absolutely. Yeah, and I I think they're a side that have really come on. Uh, for people who haven't been to Wakefield, the fans are literally on top of you. The the the, the you can hear what they're saying. Yeah? You can hear exa- every single word. What did they say to you, John? As, well, as bat rowers, when you kick, when you score a try, you go back to the sideline, and 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 there's this perception in sport you don't listen to what people say. Well, that's nonsense because we're walking back. I'm stood on the sideline. Give me an example. <laughs> well, um, there's there's been a few. Um, you can uh, swear. <laughs> can we swear? Well, well, I'd, I'd opened a sandwich shop. This, this is actually a Warrington fan. We opened a sandwich shop in Warrington um, and uh, there was a fan on the sideline and he, as I was stood on the sideline, he's just whispering, well, Ken. And uh, it was quite menacing. It sounded like something menacing was going to happen. He was like, well, Ken. And I thought, you know, if I look round now, all I'm doing is opening myself up for more ridicule. And so he just kept going, he's well, Ken. And I thought, ah. Oh, I see something bad's coming. You sure, it was, this wasn't the voice in no. your head. No, he said, "Your butties are shit." <laughs> <laughs> and that's, do you know what? I absolutely love rugby league for that. And in fact, I love sport. When you hear fans like that, it's amazing. Wakefield, th- there's too many to name. Their fans are genius on on their uh, on the sidelines. And uh, but saying that, I think Wakefield will do well this year. I think they've got a really tough home ground to go to and, yeah. and play they always play well there it's a tough game yeah they throw the ball around they play a really attractive brand of rugby and I think they've always been tipped to be the bottom four for the yeah, last few have. years I don't think that's changed has not it no, and yeah. they'll probably be tipped for that again this year but they're a great advert for a team that just always overachieves for the budget and the size yeah. of the club that they probably are until we get Toronto and New York in Super League the best away trip got to be Catalan Dragons isn't it yeah, amazing. Look, look for yeah. That we one always get in trouble way. after the Catalans oh, game dear. we always stay out a little bit too late yeah. in, in Perpignan yeah. so uh, Michael McLaren good signing for them yeah without doubt look, big loss for Wigan he's been the aggressor for Wigan for a number of years a guy who uh, you know he don't like to play against good Friday against Wigan packed down in the scrum Michael McLaurin swung a big haymaking punch on hit me and my noggin this is when he was about 18 19 he'd only just come into the team actually and as I walked off I looked back and, and he sort of in a menacing way just said do you understand now <laughs> that's so really serious? honestly that stuck with me because I think I woke up about three in the morning sweating and thinking I've just absolutely been done by an 18-year-old. His, his voice was in my head. Did you uh, understand? I understood quite clearly that I was not to mess with that young man ever again. And the I'm first sorry. time you've woken up and thought you've been absolutely done by an 18-year-old? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh. Um, <laughs> no <laughs> comment. <laughs> Look, yeah, no, he's a great piece of recruitment for Catalan. It's a tough trip to go there. They, they've got a massive home field advantage. Um, I think for them as well, they've got massive support. You know, we talk about the regional footprint of rugby league. Um, I don't know if... Um, Whippets and flat caps would mean much in the south of France, but we'll call it 
um, baguettes do- and cheese. Do- dogs and hats. <laughs> you speak French, don't you? Will? Well, I don't want to go on about it, but yeah. Can you translate whippets and flat caps? Yeah, in fact, well, your, your good friend, our mutual friend, Luke Burgess, otherwise known as Biffo, also uh, played for the Catalan Dragons. Yes, he, he did. He'd probably, he did. He'd probably give us a bit more insight into life in purpose. <laughs> I'm sure get him on. Would. Get sure, him on. Yeah, We've got yeah. a whole list of people we want to get on. Who haven't we mentioned? Huddersfield we haven't mentioned. Big season for them. Didn't really click last year well Huddersfield have, have, have probably struggled the last couple of years I think they're, they're heavily reliant on on four or five players I think in the pack they've got uh, Akuma Tai and Sebastian Ikefiko who are two really strong ball carriers two of the hardest players to tackle in the comp uh, Danny Bruff when he's on his game can can beat anybody single handedly and then in the outside backs they've got Leroy Kudjo who's their captain and then Arguably, uh, England's player of the tournament, uh, Jermaine McGilvery, was he was up for the gold. Yeah, he's he was the best. He was absolutely outstanding in the World Cup. Yeah, uh, we can talk about the World Cup. He's so it? tough to tackle. He was coming up with big players. His footwork, his speed. Mm. He, he was he was a real sensation over uh, there, and it, it was great to see for uh, it. For Huddersfield the young are inconsistent though. For me, one of the problems is they've been inconsistent. If you play Huddersfield at their best, it, they're a nightmare. They're really hard to handle. But um, there's days of the year where they're not like that. And, and, and I think Fordersfield, that's their biggest challenge. What about Witness? Because they, they signed, signed a player, Keito Otio, who was obviously you know, changing gear. But I mean, yeah. what, yeah. what do you feel like that as teammates? He's probably just met his you teammates. Know, he, you know, he's just come, you know, I know he was in Papua New Guinea, but he would have communicated with yeah. them. He would have touched base. He would have been looking for somewhere to live and all these things. I mean, it's horrible, horrible news. Yeah, it's just, it just well, it just cuts across every, all the nonsense we're talking about, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, there's more to, more to life than sport. Um, you know, and, you just and that's feel what they've his... said, Witness. They're going well, to use they've... that. Even though they didn't know him too much as a character, they're yeah. going to use that as a life is too short philosophy this season. Yeah, well, I, I, actually, I actually read an, art, an article about him bef- after he passed away and there was a, a quote that he made upon signing for Witness and all he wanted to do was to, to raise enough money from his from his Super League salary to, to pay for a house for his mum mm. back in Papua New Guinea. So I think it puts a bit of context to... to to what he was, what his, his vision was, and what his his purpose to play yeah. rugby league was, and I think it's hey, there's no more sports in general have a duty of care to look after the players. I think rugby league medically is probably the best sport in terms of you know we we have ECGs, we we have our hearts checked out, we were you know Concussion access protocol a, a, access to some of the best medical stuff. You know, in the past you get knocked out and you'd be st- you stay on the field, uh, you know. Like, you know, rugby league now they, they do look after you much more than maybe even five, ten years ago when I first started uh, playing. Let's talk about England and let's talk about the World Cup because if I remember rightly, where were we when we watched the World Cup? Was it Barcelona? Yes, it was Correct. on my wedding day. Yeah. Wedding. I didn't get picked. Was it on so the morning? I I get it was on your wedding day. Yes. Gamble. Okay, so and we were watching. I remember in a bar with um, Kelvin Fletcher, otherwise known as Andy Sugden from uh, oh, Emmerdale. From current. Currently, yeah. Emmerdale. The, 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 the bill. The bill. The bill. The bill. So, England. Talk to me, guys. Wayne Bennett. When, when, like people always tell me, Wayne Bennett is the Sir Alex Ferguson of rugby league. Yeah, what is in his experience? Drinks yeah, a lot that, of red wine in that sense, but yeah. also Look, he, it has a hairdryer in his pocket. Yeah, no, no. I think there's two sides to him. One, the side that he wants you people like you to see well in the media, which you know he doesn't give much away. He doesn't he's come dull. across great. If I'm no, he's dull. Honest. Yeah, he, but, know, but that, that Dave Woods for the but, BBC. But, but Wayne Bennett after the World Cup semi-final. Wayne Bennett gave them a, he gave them a three-second no, answer. He's got no desire to please you or or the media. But he represents England. No, no. He, performing well and winning games for me is his primary role. He didn't get hired off the RFL to be an ambassador for the game. They put Jamie Peacock in the squad, Paul Wellens in the squad, and other people to be that. And it comes the fact across, it comes is, across rude to me, right? No, no, because one thing is, if he's not good at it, why keep probing him to make a story out of it? The no, media created a, something about Wayne Bennett that shouldn't have been there. They've just beaten Tonga in the semi-final of the World Cup, and he—I'm not going to harp on about this, but you know—he—he he, he gave 
answers that were three seconds. But, long, but like England got to the World Cup. But final. how does that benefit the team? It, that's that's not his priority. Okay, it's part of the job, isn't it? Mm. It is. It, I get what you're saying. Anyway, this isn't the big yeah, issue, but what's like as a coach? You then? have to present well. But uh, look, you have to present well. You do. He doesn't. So they brought other people in to do that. England performed really well in the World Cup. I, you know, I thought they, they, they were a bit scratchy to start with. Uh, what a game against Tonga. Yeah, like, for me, that was like, if, if you want to talk about a, a, a yeah. spectacle, let's Eddie get Eddie, needs if, to watch if that. Eddie Hearn could have just got on a plane and been sat in the middle of the Tonga crowd that it was singing a hymn. Yeah. I think the end of that game really um, set some alarm bells ringing for England because they probably should have won by a bigger margin and should have held on towards the end of that match. But I think in the final, it was one of the most, one of the toughest, most relentless games I've ever witnessed. And one of the best tap tackles ever. One of the, who was that? Yeah, it Stopped was. Aside, it? Oh, it was, yeah. Yeah. Callum Watkins. But I think from minute one to the, the end of the match, I thought it was, it was intense and it was brilliant. And I think a couple of calls might have gone England's way. It might have been a different, different outcome. But to put up that effort, the Aussie lads knew they were in a game. Yeah. They knew. It was, well, it Cameron, was Cameron Smith said, didn't he, after the game, who's probably the best rugby player in the world you know, one of the best rugby players that's ever lived he said that's the toughest game rugby league he's played in yeah. so that tells you everything England were great um, star players Jermaine McGilvery Huddersfield player obviously we were just about to get you surprised he didn't go him. to the NRL? Um, I think he will but you surprised he's, he didn't he's go a, after he's that a big home bird though Jermaine I think, I think he'll probably mm. I think he said he didn't have any offers from the NRL does that surprise you? That's well I, I just think is it? I, I'd say so, yeah. yeah, I just think there's there's a time. The the players who who are looking to go know when the time is. If you're contracted, there's not a huge precedent for paying big transfer fees in rugby league. It doesn't happen a great deal. Mm. It's not like football where you just chuck your you know you pay somebody up and and pay a big fee to get somebody else in. It doesn't happen. Go back to Eddie Hearn and talking about characters and superstars. Is is he is he the kind of guy that you can see? You know, on on kids' walls, on posters, is he is yeah, he the superstar? Of Super but we league? can't keep losing people like him. No. Like Sam Burgess but is a big. Kept him this season, but which is that's great. what I'm saying is Sam Burgess is the biggest star in rugby league, and he's mm. playing in Australia. He should be playing in Super League. He should be. He's the big star, isn't he? Mm. He is Phil Taylor in a silk shirt with. <laughs> but not as good looking. Yeah, he's the equivalent of yeah. Phil Taylor, which I'm sure Phil Taylor will be quite happy about. Yeah. Um, look, we we our star players have have a tendency to leave in the World Cup for England. Um, was a great success but you can't help but feel the NRL's eyes were well and truly on that England team you had Elliot Whitehead James Graham uh, Tom Tom Burgess Sam Burgess Gaz Widdop all plying the trade out in the NRL mm. and you can't help but feel like the, the other lads in the squad would have been well and truly One under the, the NRL's that. tractor beam mm. Yeah. And and look, the pull's incredible because look, it be in real terms. You're saying you'd rather live in Sydney than Wakefield. I would rather get paid a million dollars than than forty eight thousand pounds. Yeah. Mm. So is that your salary? Is that no, that's average, an exclusive? Well, it's, no, it's the average. It's the average salary. In no, it's not. Yeah. It's more than that. On, on the subject of Sam, because I remember when we sat having a coffee with Sam, and he's talked about Wayne Bennett, and he he the, the players love him, don't they? Because he gives them, and again, the comparison to Sir Alex Ferguson, he gives them that free reign, he gives them that trust. And if they break it, all right, the, the consequences come. But he gives them the freedom to 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 relax within within a camp. From from the feedback I got from the lads, that they really enjoyed his company. They loved being a part yeah. of a, a Wayne Bennett squad. And I think as a player, when you have that relationship with your coach, where you get on so well, and and you're all singing from the same hymn page, that's that's a big thing. Especially in a World Cup, when you've got a short turnaround, you're only together for a couple of months. It's it's vitally important that you create that co- cohesion between the coaching staff and the playing staff. 
And I think from what I've heard, that was certainly the case with so, the English so, squad. So can Wayne Bennett take England even further than a World Cup final? Um, As in not to win a World Cup? Yeah, I was going to say, what, past a World Cup <laughs> final? Is no, that but, like but, the, but, it's but, like a Tetris where right. that guy dances so, so at the top. This, what's his ceiling then? Where, where um, is it? Well, the World Cup, winning a World, Cup. A World Cup. What's his I mean, ceiling? Look, improving the team. Nah, yeah, look, I, I think Wayne's, Wayne is somebody who will continue in the position for a while, but, but long term, he's, he's not going to be in that position. Um Look, England can win a World Cup. They can, but we, look, that that would only really the benefit of that is to be the catalyst for something bigger in this game. And we've we've talked about Eddie Hearn and what he might bring. Winning a World Cup is not going to solve England's problems, rugby league problems, is it? No. It's not. It's what comes off the back of that. So how is what England winning a World Cup? But behind closed doors and nobody knowing about it won't do anything. England winning a World Cup and young kids waking up watching it and wanting to be them players is a big deal. So it's how we convert. We've got to. We're using international success as as a bit of like if we get this right, everything else will fall into place. Well, I would love to see a plan of if England win the World Cup, what's the plan? Mm. What are we doing? But it, but how it, are we going to get? How are we going to leverage this piece of news to get out there and and in, in, entice people to come and spend money in the game that's what I'd want to but see but then you've had the drama like, and, and as you said that Tonga game I remember watching it at what 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning I remember you were doing it for the BBC weren't yeah, you yeah. with Chappers yeah, you, know, that, that, you can't get more dramatic than that Eddie Hearn didn't even know that was on I know, yeah. I know we're not just saying Eddie but you know that, no. is, that is three quarters of well good, good of, things happen if you don't see them you don't know about them I, I think that we've got to get uh, rugby league to be more visible. We've got to create stars, create controversy. Don't sh- don't flatten out our personalities and be and be bland. I think let's let's just attack something new. And the new season, all of these great teams that we're talking about, what an opportunity for rugby league to relaunch itself. In 2018, uh, I'm calling Eddie Hearn's coming in at the top and of the, the game. The Red Devils. And yeah. yeah, what a season we've got. Okay, uh, just finally, we're going to play uh, rugby league room 101 or send it to the bin. What are you going to send to the bin this week, John Wilkin? Do it. Salford. Oof. Why? Oof. No, I'm joking. Not Salford. Nigel um, Woods trousers. <laughs> How big's the bin? Is it a big bin? Go <laughs> um, on. You want to send Nigel Woods trousers? No, to no, the no. Bin? I don't. I don't. I don't. <laughs> they possibly already be there. Um, <laughs> ref cam. Okay. I want oh. to send a ref cam to the bin. Many for one reason, one, we, we make so much of a big deal about the referees in our game. We're always talking about them. They've got a camera on the head. We've got one on this production uh, at Sky. Like I'm all for you know educating people and it being insightful. But the benefit of sort of a, a pixelated camera on a referee's head it being pointed in your face, um, I don't see the attraction. I, 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 well, not that you can put that in the bin. I'm not going to say whether you can or can't. But from a, my point of view, watching on Sky Sports, I think it's absolutely brilliant. Do you it, love it? it just it gives you another dynamic. I, you know, I like it because it makes the refs look like idiots. Because <laughs> they've got <laughs> you know a camera strapped to the red. Yeah, it's Except a bit weird. Salford yeah. quarter captain. Um, um, <laughs> Mark Flanagan, what would you like to put into the bin this week? Um, relegation. I think it should be a franchise system. I think it's a topic we could we could discuss in a, in a lot of depth. But I think off the off the um, start of the season. We don't know what the structure is going to be for 2019, whether um, there will be promotion relegation at, at, at the end of the season or not. And I think relegation is a bad thing for the sport because it's 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 too short term. I think it's tough for teams to plan, for the championship teams to plan 
and then the, the gulf between the Super League and Championship is too big that it's... But it's in our DNA, relegation, promotion relegations in our country's DNA, isn't it? Are we, are we, we're not America, are we? But I, I'm not saying, I, I actually, I'm not saying I disagree with you, Mark. I'm just putting a, a counter to that, is that, you know, we... we there, should be, there should be a way of, of teams from the Championship getting into Super League. We had a franchise system a few years ago where you've, you've got to lodge an appeal for it and kind of put a case study forward for, for your team to be included. And I think it, it worked well. I think it stabilised the competition a lot more. Um, but it's, it's one that, that needs discussing. OK, so we're putting referee camp and we're putting relegation in the bin this week. Good debrief, guys. Don't forget, please download Whippets and Flat Caps from iTunes or your podcast provider and we'll speak to you sexy little buggers later.